Welcome to A Better Way podcast, dedicated to mompreneurs who want to do good and feel good at work, at home, and in life. We're your hosts, Courtney and Danielle, and we get the challenges you're facing because we're living them too. We'll share tangible tips we've learned along the way to help make your life a little easier and we hope a lot more fun. We'll also chat with other moms who are making it happen so we can learn from one another because together we can find a better way. Welcome back to another episode of A Better Way podcast. Courtney and Danielle here. And we are going to discuss some recent experiences we've had with the service industry and how everyone just seems a little on edge, like way more than normal during the holiday season and, and like why that might be, we'll relate it back to the workplace. And, uh, we know our listeners are going to have their own stories. We hope that you, reach out to us, tell them to us as well. But we, we just wanted to share our experiences recently. Yes. Danielle actually happened to text me, like, I think it was earlier this week. And you were like, why does everyone hate their life? Why is everybody miserable? And it's interesting. Cause I had had a similar experience that actually ended up being positive, um, a few days ago at a local pharmacy. And I think it's really relevant, especially this time of year too. Um, so I'm glad that you kind of put this on our agenda, Danielle, um, because I don't think that it's acknowledged enough. So do you want to jump in with your experience first? Do you have one specific one in mind? I have two. One is mine and one is one that I heard. Um, so secondhand. Um, so like, I think we all know that especially the service industry, like, you know, quick serve restaurants, um, regular restaurants, hotels, like a lot of these places are really understaffed and, you know, they've got the help help wanted signs. They're clearly not able to get, um, significant help. Funny story. My mom has had two jobs (laughs) so far over the holiday season because she keeps going places and they keep asking her if she wants to work there, like places (laughs) that she goes in all the time and she's retired, but she, like she's working in a bakery right now because she's like, they asked me to work. And I said, yes, like I might as well make some extra money for the holiday season. So obviously places, this means that places are, I think having to, not that I'm saying that they were doing this in my mom's case, but they're having to lower their standards a little bit and, and, you know, hire whoever they can get to do the job so that their business can I hope your mom's not listening right now. (laughs) No, she is, does a great job. She told me that the lady said that she like, that they're really impressed because she actually like cleans in addition to like serving the customers. <laughs> Whereas like the younger kids don't do that. So apparently they're really impressed with her. Anyway, she, so I got a text from, I am, I'm in a mom chat group with like my mom from the town that I live in, my mom friends. And one of them went out for a date with her husband to a restaurant, I will not name that we really like. And, uh, we've been, you know, my husband and I have been there. We've, I've friends have been there. It's, it's a really good restaurant. This woman and her husband happen to be vegetarians. And apparently on the menu, it said, uh, vegetarian menu, uh, can be requested. yeah, like available upon request. 
And so they requested the vegetarian menu. And apparently she had like an audible, the waitress had an audible sigh, like an audible, like, ugh, like when they asked for it. So that really started things off the wrong way. And I guess uh, when the food came, there was a couple of things missing from the meal, like what they ordered, right? Like it, it said it came with potatoes and asparagus and like the potatoes and asparagus weren't there. And so, you know, they, they were like, totally get it. Like we're using a menu that's not normally used. Like we just want to let them know, like we're missing. We don't, we're not upset about it. We just want the sides, like when they get a chance. Right. So they explain this to the waitress. She gets annoyed again, like grabs the plate, just like storms off starts like whispering, like they can see her whispering with her friends about their table. And then I guess towards the end of the meal, her husband wanted another drink and they hadn't come back over to the table because they were clearly avoiding their table. And so he, I guess, like stood up and just said like, excuse me, can I, could I just get another beer when you get a chance? And the woman lost it. I guess she was like, why do you think you're better than me? Because you're a vegetarian, like blah, blah, blah. And just start screaming at them. Like to the point where like my friend was crying, like left the restaurant crying. She's like, I hate confrontation. She's like the sweetest girl. She's like, I hate confrontation. I got so upset. Like my husband stayed and paid the bill. And I just like left crying. Oh my goodness. That's pretty drastic. That's more than just being that's like a dra- that's a drastic story. But I think it's indicative of the fact that we are all on edge, right? Like a lot of my friends were reacting and being like, oh my God, I'll never go there again. Like, how awful is that? Blah, blah, blah. And I had a different reaction. I was like, that poor woman, what happened to her? Like on that day, like, Mm -hmm. did she have like kids home that were sick that she had to like leave home to work or like what happened? Because I think that we are all, we are all like, like two steps away from that, right? Like we, like we could all have that experience at any moment. And, and it's not that I thought it was appropriate or, or excuse it for any reason. I just sit, I just feel her. I'm like, I feel you like not on the vegetarian thing, but like just in the sense that we are all in a place where if one little thing sets us off, we might just lose our minds. And I don't know. What do you think? Like, what would agree? It's like life right now. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you live. I don't care what your beliefs are, right? There's a lot of polarizing beliefs going on right now, but regardless of any of that, I think all of us, especially parents of school-age kids and younger, it's like we're all boiling pots and we're just trying to keep the lid on so that we don't like spill over. And every day you wake up wondering, can I do this again? Can I do this again and make it through? When will things change? And I'm not saying that I'm ungrateful for everything I wake up to every morning, I, I do. I feel like a lot of us feel like there are forces outside of our control that are making life harder mm-hmm. 
or more complicated or more stressful or more exhausting than they need to be. I also think we are so busy as a society doing for other people, whether it's because we need to earn a paycheck to put food on the table or earn a paycheck to pay the heating bill or take care of aging parents or take care of our kids that we never actually have space to enjoy and appreciate and practice gratitude for what we do have. So it's like, we're constantly go, go, going for everyone else. And we feel like we're, we don't have any control over that. I I don't know about you, but like, I just feel like I'm a robot a lot. And I feel like that's probably how a lot of people feel. And then put yourself in the service industry where you are continuously serving people as part of your job. In addition to having to serve people at home, I don't know that particular server's life circumstance. Um, but I just think that what is demanded of us right now, as well as the instability we're all living through is not humanly possible. It's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. I can't remember where I saw it, but somebody was relating the pandemic to reading about like the civil war And how like women were home with their kids while their husbands were out fighting and like for years (laughs) and how they had to like get through that and how it was like a, I don't know who, I think it was a doctor who wrote it. It was a doctor essay on medium.com. And she was saying that she's a big civil war or like American history buff. And she used to read about that time and be like, how did they do that? Like, how do you sustain for three years? And I just think we're getting to the point where people are starting to fall apart. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like you keep, I mean, we're stronger than we think. My husband says that to me all the time. You're stronger than you think you are. And I wish you knew that. And I do know that, but I'm also like, to your point, I'm also put in a situation where there's so much out of my control and throw the lens of parenting on that. And it's a lot like there's no, there's not enough therapy in the world to like get me to a better place. Like there's just not. And like you are stronger than you think, but my point or one of my, the first thing that comes to mind is why do we always need to be pushed to our breaking point though? Why do we always need to prove that we're that strong? And I say that because I think for a while in society, it was like admirable to keep pushing hard, but now we're surrounded. I think it depends on who you are, but you and I are both generally interested in like health and wellness. So there's a lot of talk about, um, like living the life you want, making time for me time. And it's laughable because I work actually with like, um, nutritionists and just health practitioners. And they're always like, you know, the biggest problem with your health issues is your stress level. And I'm like, well, no shit, Sherlock. But every time I go to change that, like that, it's like, there is no time to address that. Um, and everyone, everyone expects us to be taking care of ourselves from a wellness lens, but no one actually allows us to like jobs don't allow us to, Mm -hmm. um, I'm not, I'm not going to say schools and daycares don't because that's not their problem. There's like, there's extenuating circumstances that they can, can't control that end up affecting our schedules, but just like life as a whole, everyone talks a big talk, but nobody actually allows any of us individually to practice that. Um, so I agree you're stronger than you believe, but my thought is why do we have 
to always prove our strength. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can we just be lazy for once? I honestly think, so I've been reading this book, Hunt, Gather, Parent, which was suggested oh, to yeah. me by a couple of people. And what I'm realizing is that, so first of all, I mean, I'm going to do, so I'm going to do a full like book review on yes, please do. my blog. So you can just read the club notes, but like the very high level, what I've read so far is that Western society does parenting very different than every other society, society in the world. Like in every other society in the world does things the way that they've done things for the last multiple decade, like, you know, hundred years. And so like centuries ago, right. The practices started and what it is, is that like both parents work. So in non-Western societies, both parents work. It might be like modern jobs. It might be, um, you know, like working in farming or whatever, but like they work and they have a whole extended family that helps them with the kids. Like they're just not, there's not, and what there's not is mom guilt, right? So like, there's no, oh, well, this is the only time I have with my kids. So I have to spend it with my kids. Like Mm -hmm. they also rest and like kids do a lot more, but they also have extended family that helps. And so, (coughs) excuse me. Uh, I, the problem with the Western society is that we feel like there has to be this nuclear family and that the nuclear family has to take care of the kids and work and have an identity. And, you know, like it's just not sustainable. So one thing I've tried to get my head around a lot more is like getting help and not feeling guilty when when it's the weekend and I should be, and I haven't spent a lot of time with my kid all week, but I have to make the choice between spending a few hours by myself or spending it with my kids. And I have to sometimes call the nanny and be like, nope, I need a few hours to myself. Like I need whether, I mean, when my, my husband's home and we can switch off great, but like also sometimes he's in that position too. So I have to remind myself that my kids love playing with her and that I'm not a bad parent because I need time for me. I can actually be a better parent when I come back into the, into the situation if I get that time alone. And so mm-hmm. even if it's like last weekend, I had the nanny come over because my husband had like his guys night out with his friends. Um, they didn't go anywhere, but they, he slept in Boston. And so we, he wasn't home in the morning and my two-year-old gave me a real run for my money the night before. So I texted the nanny at like 10 PM on Saturday night and was like, you free tomorrow morning? Want come over? And I literally just like went and got, I went and like did some, a little bit of shopping and like for some secret Santa stuff I needed. And then I just got lunch, sat in my car and ate it. That's it. That's all I did. You know, though, talking about this and how you said like, in, in the book you're reading, how other societies, um, they don't feel that guilt and they don't feel like they need to spend all the time with their kids. Like I enjoy spending time with my kids, but sometimes I'm spending time with my kids. Cause I feel like I have to, 
at the expense of getting other things done. And then you just spend all of your time nights and weekends getting those other things done, like laundry, like to like Christmas stuff, all that. But um, we actually had a parent teacher conference today. Um, Cause yes, we have those in preschool. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, twice a year. And so we had one with Declan's teachers and um, we talked about him taking initiative and how he lacks a little bit of confidence and wants people to do things for him. And that's something I've noticed at home. And um, I mentioned it very early on to my husband. Like, I don't like when he says, I can't do things like that's not, we, I don't, I want to raise someone who feels empowered and that, okay, maybe you can't do it right now, but let's try again. And you'll eventually be able to get to do it. And we're starting to see um, that hold him back in a few areas. Um, Nothing significantly like the preschool teacher said today, like he's definitely ready for kindergarten next year. Um, but enough that, that I know, can you believe it? I mean, he's going in early cause he just turned four. So he'll, he'll still be four when he starts kindergarten next year. Cause that's a Connecticut thing. But, um, he, the teacher, the teacher and the, um, assistant teacher noticed it and that hurt my heart a little. And we were talking about how, you know, part of it is also the pandemic in that my son has been home with us almost as long as he's been alive, like half of his life. Cause he yeah. was all started when he was like two and a half almost. And so how the last almost two years now have really shaped him to depend on us. Like we have been a complete nuclear family unit, my husband, me, Bryant and Declan home and Declan shows discomfort anytime he doesn't have us as a crutch. And so it's interesting as we're talking about this, because one, I think that's a reminder to me to, I don't consider myself a helicopter parent, but I think I've become a little bit that way just by product of all of us being in the same four walls. Um, so I think it's a reminder to me not to do that, but I think it's also, um, sad, I guess I'm trying to think of the right word, but like, we're starting to see the effects of it. Like we thought we saw the effects of it with kids a year ago, but I think now, like I start talking to friends and their kids and, um, even the teacher had mentioned, you know, kids who didn't come at all in person last year, definitely went half of last year in person or like a third, how you can see how they've been affected by this. And I think that that's sad. And I think that, that, you know, going back to tying it back to that experience that your friend had, it's not just the impact it had on the kids, but it's the impact it's having on parents too. But I want to hear the service um, industry example that you experienced yourself. Cause then I have one, but I think mine's going to be like a happier way to wrap things up <laughs> after that first story. Good, yeah. <laughs> Mine was mild, but it was, it was during that time that I, you know, was out and got lunch and sat in my car. I went to this place called well, no, I won't name any names. I went to like a quick serve, like Mediterranean, you know, you can like sort of a Chipotle type of setup where you can pick like the different things mm-hmm. or unlike Chipotle, they have sandwiches that are like, or salads that are actually like, you have to know what goes in them if you work there. Right. So the guy in front of me ordered one of those. He got like a Mediterranean sandwich. So the guy's like, you know, the worker is standing there and he's like, what do you want on it? And, and the guy's like, you guys can't see Danielle's face right now, but it was hilarious. I'm just getting the Mediterranean. And the guy looks at him and is like, grabs like these little cheat sheet cards he has. And it's like flipping through them. And he's like, 
tomatoes. Like, you know, he's just like flipping, you can't see me, but he's just like flipping the different things on there and is just mad at the world. And the person who, and like, I realized when I walked out to that, um, like usually they give you a pita, even if you get a salad, like a mm-hmm. side pita. And like, they didn't even ask me if I wanted it. They didn't ask me if I wanted a drink. And so I was just thinking, I, when I walked out, I was like, wow, like everyone, everyone in that place was mad at the world, like who worked there. Right. So like, what does that mean? And also like that company is losing out on a lot of business because they didn't try to like upsell me on anything. They weren't like, oh, do you want a drink? Do you want this? Do you want that? So like no one at that company, no one at that restaurant has any pride for their work or cares about what they're doing, which like, I'm not making a judgment on that. I'm just saying like, that's what I experienced. And again, like talking about sad, like that's sad, like is it sad for the business that they have to employ people who feel that way? Or is it sad for the employees because there's something that the business is doing that's making them feel that way? Like, I don't know. That's what I was going to say. Do you think there's a difference between that business and other businesses where employees thrive? And I will tell you, I have not been many places since the pandemic started because of the pandemic, but I frequent Starbucks a few times a week. That's like my one treat. Um, and I will tell you, I've never been in a Starbucks where employees are unhappy. No, I I, I was going to say the same thing. Happen to love their jobs. And so I wonder like, what's the difference? Like they're over the top and they're not, and you can tell it's genuine. This is the thing. It's not scripted. They are, they genuinely enjoy serving others, working with each other. I want to know what it, I mean, I love Starbucks too. I mean, I just think it's a very happy place. (laughs) Um, I would be joyful as well. Like, honestly, I always told Josh, like if my, my consulting business didn't work out, I would literally apply to become a barista because like, I think it'd actually be a fun job. Yeah. Um, that was my, going to be my plan B backup, <laughs> but I do you it. think that there's something different? I, this is the thing from a corporate level. I think, okay, yeah, there could definitely be major differences, but from a day-to-day level, I wonder how much is different in how they show up, how their managers show up, what their work conditions are like that actually make it yeah a better place to work or is it the clientele that they bring in I don't know I can't necessarily say that there's this is more of a high-end place so like it's in a it's in one of those like glorified strip malls that has like Mm -hmm. fancy stores but it's all outdoors yeah I know what you mean um and it's definitely high-end like I mean I think my salad was like twelve dollars and Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think a lot of it's culture, like having just switched jobs, like in working for a different company, there's their corporate culture is a real thing that really matters. And Starbucks has it and other places don't. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I think, I think that's the difference. Plus like Starbucks, like pays for your call. Like, don't they give you money towards your college? They give you benefits. Yeah. Like, they give you some health insurance. I think if you work a certain number of hours, yeah. and you know, what's interesting though, speaking of the Starbucks and the service industry, um, I don't know if you have noticed or any of 
our listeners have noticed how like Starbucks has had crazy hours lately. Like the one near us has been closed random days and they put a sign up saying that they were going to close at yeah. one every day, but now they're open till six. And I then Googled it. Cause I was like, what is going on? Is this one going to go out of business? But then we were trying to do mobile orders and we noticed all the Starbucks in the areas had crazy hours and were randomly closed. And I read that they're just having a shortage and that because even though Starbucks like stores are corporate owned, individual stores are able to set their own hours. And so they're setting their own hours based on the staff that they can find. But like Mm -hmm. our Starbucks has been closed like a few Thursdays in a row randomly, and then it'll be open one Thursday. So I just didn't know if you were experiencing. I thought that was interesting. Yes. Yeah. I've seen, I haven't like, it's never been closed when I went, but I've seen signs that say like, we're closing due to shortage. Like yeah, staff when we were in Pennsylvania too, we went to go to a Starbucks and we were going to go through a drive-through, but the line was super long. So I was like, Oh, I'll just run in. We'll come to find out the line was super long because they weren't allowing anyone in store. They were like only our, our drive-through windows open because we're, we have such a shortage of staff. So I was like, Oh, interesting. They had like locked up their shop, but um, oh, interesting. I do yeah. mobile order a lot. Like that's what we usually do. Yeah. That's what we usually do. It just didn't happen to do it in, I don't know why we didn't do it when we were in Pennsylvania. Well, we did it a few days in Pennsylvania that, um, a little secret about me, like I'll try not to get Starbucks. I try to only get it like once or twice during the week when I'm home, but if we're traveling, I think of like vacation or traveling as like a treat. So when we went to Pennsylvania, I had like one a day, maybe two it's bad, but yeah. Um, so my story is actually a happier one, but it could have like (laughs) gone South, I guess. So just a little bit of background and context for people. Um, well, two things. One, if anybody's been following our stories on Instagram, um, I feel like my kids have been sick for the last like month plus, which is very unusual. My kids have been very healthy kids. And then Declan got a cold two weeks before Thanksgiving. And even though it was only a cold, he had to miss a full week of school because he has symptoms that overlap with COVID and they can't go back to school till the symptoms resolve. Um, even he had tested negative for COVID twice that week. So we knew he was fine, but we had to follow protocol. Totally get it. Fine. Then we had a week where everyone was in school. And then the next week we were in Pennsylvania and Bryant got sick and we had to go to the ER for, um, ear infection and any allergic reaction, medicine and all that, yada, yada. Well, we get home that following week. He's still not feeling great. We go to the doctors and then that Thursday, the stomach bug hits and then takes us out for a whole nother week. So I have had numerous doctor's appointments and a few trips to the pharmacy. Um, I'm now realizing actually too, and I think that this is relevant because I consider this the service industry. I don't know that other people would, but, um, maybe it's not, maybe it's actually not entitled this, but, um, a negative experience I've had, which I'll share before the positive one that I was originally going to share is, um, about a nurse at our local pediatrician's office. So we um, spoke to the pediatrician while we were in Pennsylvania or their office and they're on call a few times because we were traveling and we knew Declan wasn't, or Bryant wasn't feeling well, but wasn't sure what was happening. Um, Every time we'd be met with a phone call that was like, okay, we'll give the nurse your number. They'll call back within an hour. And then two hours would pass, three hours would pass. They'd never call us back. And then we'd call the line again and we'd be given such attitude and frustration. And then they'd tell us that the nurse would call us back and then hours would pass and they wouldn't call back again. Frustrating to say the least. Um, But then we finally took Brian to the ER in Lancaster where we were staying Um, two days later we had to call because he had an allergic reaction to medicine and the ER had told us 
specifically, if he does have a reaction to the medicine, call your pediatrician and sort it out. So I called our pediatrician's office and the woman was so rude to me. She was so rude to my husband. Like my husband doesn't usually like get really frustrated and mad and angry. And he used a very not nice tone over the phone to her. And that's one of the, it's not the first time, but it was very surprising to me. Basically, she told us that there was nothing they could do because they hadn't treated him specifically. And I understand that point, but she had suggested that we take him back to the ER in the middle of the day when it was an overflowed ER two days after Thanksgiving. And I said, I'm not willing to do that. I'd love to speak to the pediatrician here. And she said, I can't help you. You just need to go to an urgent care. Then you need to get him evaluated by a different doctor. We can't help you. And basically hung up the phone on us. And I was like, this is not helpful. I have a sick child. He's broken out in hives everywhere. Cause he's allergic to his medicine. I even asked like, well, should I, I'm assuming I should stop the medication until we get this resolved. And she was like, I can't answer that question for you. And basically just like, let me go. And I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not sure the point of this like 24 hour line is if you're not ever going to help me when I'm almost I'm in your office. Oh, and then I had said, well, can I make an appointment? We're going to be home tomorrow. And she told me they had no appointments in the foreseeable future <laughs> to fit us in. Um, so interesting, but, um, so lots of, um, lots so she of, hated you. excuse me. She hated you. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God, she left a note in her chart too, because I've now been to the, our pediatrician's office like four times in the last two weeks with the boys between physicals and sick visits. And, um, our doctor even made a note. She was like, Oh, I see here. You called the on-call line. And she like smirked. And I was like, there must be a note in there that says the mom is a total oh, yeah. I bet that there is. And I am not a mean person, but I had to stand up for ourselves. Cause like I had a sick kid. I needed to get him help. And I'm sorry, I was not going to go bring him and sit in an ER room for six hours. Um, plus to have them tell me that I needed new medication and what it should be. Thankfully, I did end up calling the ER back in Lancaster. And after a long chat with a bunch of people, they were nice enough to help me out. So anyways, that got resolved. But we then had to get um, another prescription for Bryant um, last, was it last week? And no, this was actually when it was for Declan with the stomach bug. Um, he had to have that, um, I'm forgetting the name of it now. You know, the medicine that stops you from throwing everything up. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Zofran. Zofran. Yeah. Thank you. That was our first time ever having to use that. And thank gosh we did. It avoided another ER visit, but we went to the local CVS and, um, well I did, I dropped the kids off after we went to the doctors and I went to the CVS and a few weeks prior, my husband had been there and had a horrible experience where like he was waiting like three hours for medication that he needed, um, for one of the kids and had a horrible exchange with the pharmacy tech and like had it out on them. I'm not sh- shedding my husband in a very good light. So I'm talking about two times he's flipped out right now. And if Danielle, Danielle, knows no, I husband, know him. He, he does, does not flip out. So I came in like expecting this was going to be a really bad experience, but context for our listeners. My dad was a pharmacist. He used to own his own pharmacy. And then he worked at Walgreens for like 20 years. And he would come home with horror stories of how mean customers were to him. Like he both had customers that loved him and like knew him and sent us Christmas cards. And then there were customers because it is like a retail setting, um, that were just horrible. And, um, the things they would say, the things that we would do, like unbelievable that they would treat anybody that way. And it's hard. You're working nine to nine, like a 12 hour shift sometimes. And 
you're trying to do all this and corporates calling you and telling you to do one thing. And then you're fighting with insurance companies and then you have angry customers and you're just trying to keep everybody happy. So walk into CVS and sure enough, the line is like 12 people deep down an aisle. And I'm like, well, I can't go home and come back. Like my son needs this medication now because if he doesn't keep things down in the next six hours, we were told to bring him to the ER. So it's like, okay. So I wait in line. It's like a half an hour of waiting in this 12 person line. I get to the pharmacy, um, like checkout, um, desk or stand, and you can just see, there's just piles of prescriptions everywhere. They have oh, like yeah. six people working in there, you know, the baskets, they put the prescriptions in yeah. and I'm very familiar with them. Cause I basically grew up in a Walgreens going to visit my dad every day. And they're just stacked literally to the ceiling. And I can see them all. I can see the exhaustion on every single person's face. And I could hear angry customers calling them. I could hear them fighting with insurance companies on the phone. They have the drive-through for the pharmacy and everything. So I get up there. I'm just, I'm nodding my head because this is, this is how my CVS is like all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And imagine with like everything that's going on in the world too. Like, I feel like pharmacies, I know like COVID aside, like you can't take anything for COVID, but like, I just think that there's also an overwhelming abundance of sickness and I don't know. Uh, so they're definitely being overworked. Um, so I get up to the desk and there's a young gentleman, a pharmacy tech helping me out. And he's probably in his like twenties and he's being nice. So nice to every single person that he's working with. And I can see him interacting with the pharmacy. My prescription was basically ready, but it needed to be checked by the pharmacist. You know how the, how the pharmacy pharmacist needs to double check it. So he's like, hold on. And the pharmacist is on hold. He's got like the phone up against his shoulder. He's working on a um, prescription. He's typing away on the computer and the gentleman comes over and was like, can you check this when you get a second? And he like put down everything to check it got it out to us. I didn't have to wait any longer than I, you know, when it was my time and turn in line, I was able to get my prescription. So as the gentleman was um, checking me out, I said, you know, I just want to thank you for all that you do. And he kind of like nodded, but was still checking me out. And I go, my dad used to be a pharmacist and he told me horror stories. And I just feel like what you guys do is often goes like unappreciated. So I just really want to thank you because you made my day. And he looked up at me and he goes, yeah, you know, it's been pretty insane lately. In fact, it's been super insane. And I, that just means a lot to me and like smiled. And like, that was our exchange. And then I could tell like something registered on his face and I came home and I told my mom that story and I actually wrote it down as something I wanted to post on Instagram, um, on our channel. Um, but then, you know, the stomach bug with the family got in the way and I was talking (laughs) to my mom And she started to share stories about my dad and my dad was for listeners, like he passed away in 2015 and he was very sick. Um, he had suffered from a number of illnesses, but the, the one he suffered from earliest was, um, rheumatoid arthritis. And he was a lot of his health issues were exacerbated by the fact that he worked in retail as a pharmacist. He was working nine to nine hours. He never got a break for lunch. He was always on his feet and it was just super high stress. He had pressure on him all the time. And he eventually had to go on long-term disability because his hands were so riddled with arthritis and so thrill and he couldn't so 
swollen. I can't talk today. Sorry. He couldn't open the pill bottles anymore. So he couldn't do his job. And then as Danielle knows, but my dad ended up having a number of other health issues. And, um, I mean, the guy had like nine lives. He was brought back to life like nine times and the quality of life he had at the end was not good. But my mom and I were chatting and she said, you know, dad always told me that he knew he had health issues, but he didn't know how to help them because of the pressure and stress he was under at work and how later in life, he did attribute a lot of his disease progression to the job he did. And this is poignant for me um, as we're talking about people in the service industry, because I now have autoimmune conditions and I have some of the same kidney issues that my dad had that are genetic and some other things that I need to keep an eye on. Even though I lead a healthy lifestyle, a lot of the things that I would say the root of all of my things is stress and anxiety and overworking. And I feel like, you know, Danielle, I consider us, we're not in retail, but I consider both of us in service positions. We're serving clients all day long. And I feel like those are unforgiving jobs. And I'm not saying it's just Mm -hmm. service industries, like teachers, nurses, honestly, any job. If you want to do a good job these days, I feel like the way you prove you're doing a good job is running yourself into the ground. And I don't think that that's good or sustainable. And I'm bringing this up because one, I think companies expect too much of employees. Um, And then two, I don't think companies or customers um, or clients show appreciation enough or acknowledge that people are human, acknowledge that we're human, that we're all human. We're all just trying to do a good job, but we're also trying to live a happy life and build a happy life for our families. And I just think that people are driven by either vanity metrics or money. And it's so easy to lose sight of what matters, but really what matters Mm -hmm. is like, in order for us to progress as a society, we all need to keep each other happy and healthy. And however we can pick each other up, whether it's the next time you see someone who's angry and you give them a compliment or something motivational or if it's you are an employee, like showing appreciation for someone, I think that that is a lost art, but yet it's so important. And I'm going to get off my soapbox now because I know I just went on a tangent, but I feel really strongly about that because I've seen people close to me suffer. And I'm not saying that they didn't have a choice. They did, but I don't think society supports any of us in making that choice easy. hundred percent. And I think that's like a good place to pause. And I think a whole nother episode could be about the great resignation as they're calling it. Right. And like, why are people really leaving their jobs and what are workplaces like really? Right. Um, because both of us have that lens. I'm still in it in a corporate environment and you have been in corporate environments up until, you know, a year ago. And it's, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of money. You can make a ton of money. There's a lot of pressure and what is it worth? So I think that that is a great stopping point and that we should pick up that conversation with a part two. Yeah, I agree. Talk about segue into that part of this. Mm Mm-hmm. I think we talked about it briefly with like Starbucks versus other places. And like, what's the difference? Like, what do people, what do people really want? Right. And 
how can companies support healthy employees? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's not by offering yoga in your office. It's not for building a meditation room. Um, but if anybody who's listening has a story or an example or an experience to share, please share it with us. Um, we'd love to know and get your perspective too. Or if you work in the service industry or know someone who does, um, I'd love to know their current perspective on it too. Also though, if you know anybody that works at Starbucks, you should also let us know because we'd love to know about what makes it so special, you know, just in yes. case to put in my application someday. <laughs> I know we're both going to quit our jobs and work for Starbucks. <laughs> Can't wait. I used to say that to my husband all the time, actually. Like when we first had kids, I was like, it's cool. I'll just, he's like, you can't, you're not going to like not working. And I'm like, no, no, it's fine. I'll just get a job at the gap. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, yeah, it'll be great. I'll like fold shirts. I actually love folding. Fun fact about me. Um, I was like, I'll just like fold and like check people out and like see what they're buying and like help them find outfits. And like, it'll be great. And he just, I think he thinks I'm not serious, but I'm dead serious. <laughs> I'm sure I would hate it. I'm sure I would hate it because there'd be like rules and like structure and I don't do all of those, either of those things. <laughs> yes. There's going to be rules and structure. Yeah. I'd probably hate it. My mom worked at one of those jobs. She doesn't have two jobs right now. She worked at one of them for like five minutes, like two, two shifts and was like, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> but anyway, Aww. well, yes, we're going to do a huge, huge call to action when this episode airs to give us your stories because I want to know if any, everyone else is feeling the same way we are. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Well, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to today's episode. For more information from today's chat, including how to reach us, head on over to the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the exciting episodes to come. And please, if you liked what you heard, be sure to leave a rating and review. It's how we can help other busy moms find their better way. Until next time, mom friends.